Hey everyone, welcome back to the Last Word on Sens podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger, and today making his return to the podcast is the one and only Matt Bosty. Matt, thank you so much for joining me. How's it going today, man? Hey, thanks for having me. I will gladly spout for however long I need to about whatever sense related thoughts I got in my head. So thank you for uh, not barring me after whatever uh, last thing I said. I'm sure it was offensive. So I appreciate you having me back. I was actually just going to look to see the last time I had John, because I think this is maybe the fourth time you've been on the podcast. And I think so. this, is the, this is the 40th episode. So you're definitely the most reoccurring guest. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Which I, also shows that I have nothing going on because you can <laughs> fire off a message and be like, you want to, you want to come on this? Yes. The answer will always be yes. And I, I was just looking because I thought maybe I had you on at the beginning of the year, but it looks like it was the summer was the last time we had, we had uh, talked on the podcast anyways, and um, it was kind of just about what we saw the roster, you know, yeah. looking like for that year and and uh, who, who we wanted to play and, you know, was there any moves that were going to be left? And, well, it's been uh, quite the adventure since that August episode. Uh, there is <laughs> been hockey that has been played. That is a statement that I can say. But, um, yeah, no, today I thought it would be the perfect time to kind of preview the trade deadline here as – we record on a Thursday evening. You know, the trade deadline's obviously Monday, and, and we've seen a couple trades throughout the NHL start to break. And uh, obviously, Dorian's had a couple quotes leading up to the deadline. The one a couple weeks ago was this is probably going to be the quietest that he's had as a GM, which makes enough sense when you consider 2017 he bought, and then 2018 was the, the Carlson year, and then the Stone and Duchesne stuff. And so, you know, and, and even Pajot in 2020, it was it. Um, so, this, it definitely makes sense that this is going to be the quietest year, I think. But um, that doesn't mean there's going to be nothing happening. I, I think there will definitely be a couple of trades we see. And, and uh, you know, the, the other thing I want to bring you on, too, is because it felt like maybe, I don't know, maybe three or four weeks ago, there was some talk that, like, Ottawa could even buy at the deadline and not, and when you, when you say that you go, what on earth? And I think even, even looking now where the team is, that kind of seems a little crazy, but the idea would be to get a guy like Brock Besser is a very classic name or, you know, they're, they're not going to sell Kevin Fiala, but if Kevin, if the wild had taken a real downspin, a guy like Kevin Fiala, where you get them, they're 24, 25, you get the new contract right away. So they're part of your team for the long-term future. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I figure, I think that's unlikely that that will happen, but I think it's fun to at least, you know, kind of ponder what that might look like anyways. Uh, Jacob Chitron's another name out there. I don't think he's a perfect fit for the Senators necessarily, but that's the kind of idea that I think if if Ottawa were to shock everyone, you know, it, it's not very often you see the 29th place team buying at the deadline, but <laughs> it, it wouldn't be your typical buy either. And I guess... Before we actually get into the trades, we kind of got to address where the team is right now. And, and you and I were just quickly chatting before uh, before we started recording here. But it, it has been it has been a tough stretch to say the least of Ottawa Senators hockey. Uh, I recorded about a week ago, and I just I was literally it was the first episode I've ever done by myself, and I just kind of ranted because it was <laughs> right after that tr- that road trip, which they played phenomenally to wrap it up against St. Louis, and the rest was garbage. Um, since then, they've been on a, a homestand. They've lost to the crack, or they beat the Kraken in overtime, lost the Blackhawks six three, lost the Coyotes five three, and last night lost to the Jackets four one. As I mentioned to you, you know, and you, I, I thought you were the perfect person to have on here because you were one of the few people I have not seen lose their minds online. It really felt like that Jackets game last night was the breaking point. It it got wild. It got it got angry. I was seeing almost every single person associated with the organization outside of like the few four core players being thrown under a bus. The fire DJ uh, talk was going on. The Pierre Dorian can't build a team, which. Maybe like, I'm not saying these things aren't right, but like, I don't know. Like that blue jackets game wasn't fun, but like we've had 15 of those games this year, probably more than that 20 of those games this year. And it's, 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 I don't want to say weird because everyone enjoys everything their own way. And sometimes ranting and venting is good, but it's like, I don't have, I'm too old for this. I don't have the energy to watch a bad sense game and then just be angry for ages. Now, if we were on a bubble at this point, if we were close to making the playoffs and these were two points that mattered, I'd be flipping shit. I would absolutely be right there yelling about what we need to do in a couple of days. The fact of the matter is this season was a wash at the end of November. And it's tough that we've had to deal with this, what, four years in a row now? 
at least and sprinkling in a pandemic which makes hockey timing even awkward more awkward and kind of harder to engage with but you can't you can't be freaking out over uh, over Josh Brown who's only going to play on this team for another month and a half uh, a bad defensive play because you're just you're hurting yourself at this point you're you're not going to enjoy the sense you're not going to enjoy hockey if you're letting this kind of ruin your next morning and and absolutely be mad be angry but just put it into perspective our team's bad and we've been bad this year and next year we might not be as bad but still go in expecting a little bit of badness and things might be a little bit more palatable and i think that's the big thing right there is i i do think it's a lot of just four or five years adding up to the point where uh, and, and we can get into the organization too. The organization sold this whole summer and I thought improperly, like I didn't think they were going to be very good. There was a lot no. of people who were like, Oh, they could push for playoffs if literally everything went right. And I was like, okay, a, you see what you just said there and B, even that is a bit of a stretch. That we're said, in a division with Florida, <laughs> Toronto and Tampa. Like that's all you need to look at. And Boston. To start like, off. Boston's on pace yeah. for 105 points again. Like, Which I don't know how, but like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so like that that's a perfect example right there, right? Like if you thought you were going to be in easy, you, you know, you're sadly mistaken. But, at, you know, at the same time, when the organization spends all summer being like, no, we're like really close. We're actually pretty good. Like, I, I think we had a chance here. And then just completely shits the bed to the point where like we're getting the draft lottery odds back out. And it's like we're looking without Shabbat, which we'll get to in a second. People are like, <laughs> could Ottawa get passed by the tanking Arizona Coyotes? the historically bad Montreal Canadiens and a goddamn expansion team that has bungled the entire process. (laughs) And so I don't want to tell people how to be a fan. That's not what we're here for. You know, if you want to be, obviously don't personally attack anyone. The players are as much as sometimes it doesn't look like it. The players are (laughs) trying their hardest. Don't go like attacking anyone personally, but if you want to be frustrated, that's fine. But like, yeah, as you said, the self-care. Exactly. Self-care at this point. If this is getting you this angry, either check out of these last 20 games because they're not getting better or take it with a grain of salt. Take a take a deep breath and, and enjoy hockey for the sake of hockey, not for the sake of sense. Be mad while it happens and five minutes after, go do something else with your life and just try to forget about <laughs> it. Like that's, you know, so that, like that's the best advice because I was two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, I was fully at the same point. Some people are now where I was like, mm-hmm. this team stinks. Like they're not getting better. And it was like, I was like mad at like 1130 at night after a 7 PM start the one time. So like, what am I doing? <laughs> it doesn't matter. This team sucks. I, I know they suck. So the question is how to get better. That is an interesting role, but I think it starts at the trade deadline here because they, like so many years in a row, have the opportunity to move out some bad pieces. And I guess this is a great jump in. You know, we'll get to Shabbat, I think, later in the episode. But um, I, I want to go through who you think will move and who you would move if we're the GM. So let's do who you think who you think will move first. Um, Nick Paul kind of seems like, unfortunately, he is going to be like, they just, from all accounts now, they're not close on a contract. It kind of sounds like he is absolutely going to be moved. Um, we'll get into that in a second. Other names that are UFAs, uh, uh, Zach Sanford, I think, is definitely gone. Uh, Chris Tierney, if anyone wants to take him, I think will be gone. <laughs> um, Tyler Ennis is their other UFA up front. Uh, that could go either way. I could see them keeping him if there's not a deal, but if someone offers like a fourth or a fifth, I could see him moving. And then on the blue line, the only UFA is Josh Brown. Um, and, and then you have Delzato, who's not a UFA this year. So uh, out of all those names that I just listed, who do you think, like, do you think any of them will be on the team after that? Oh, and then Anton Forsberg in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which one of those guys, like, do you think will move for sure? What do you expect to get for a couple of those guys? And is there any of them that I just named that you for sure don't think will move? So I don't think we're moving Anton Forsberg. I think I think he is locked in for the sense crease for the next two years. And there is there is a lot to think about with that. Uh, Murray's contract, number one, being the first thing that you think of. And then you think about, hey, is he ever going to play again? Is he going to LTIR himself and just retire? Because who could blame him at this point? 
then you also got to think about Gustafson and what are we going to do about him? Because is it next year he's the one way? Yeah, one so, way, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what's happening on that? But the every single piece of messaging from the organization around Forsberg, even if you go back to when you signed him uh, in the, in the summer was we felt he deserved this opportunity for what he did with us last year. There is, he, from all accounts, everything I've ever heard about him, he's a great guy. And it seems like he's loved by the team and, and all that, but he is ingrained himself in, uh, in Sen's, uh, front office books. And probably because he'll probably sign again for 1.5 million for two years. And that really is a, a, a driving factor on that. I don't know what they do about Murray. That's the biggest question here. I, in my heart of hearts, we're buying him out. I think that Dorian hates him. I think that DJ Smith is fine with him, but he's frustrated at the, uh, at the injuries. All the comments recently around him being like, well, we don't know if he's going to play again. He's skating, but he's not close. That's does, doesn't even kind of line up with DJ Smith's messaging. Usually it's a little bit more positive. Like if you think about when uh, Norris first hit the ice, it's like, well, yeah, we want to test him out a little bit, but maybe by this time, it's like he's writing him off right then and there and it's been like that for murray a lot and you know what he hasn't done himself favors can't blame a guy for getting injured but sorry consistency on on this level it doesn't you're not blaming him you're just not expecting it so i think murray's out either ltir if he wants to take that route for the next years and he can collect the check good for him and we're going to be running with a Forsberg Gustafsson uh, lineup, which if you thought this year was bad when it came to some untimely goals, uh, is going to be a crazy, crazy year next year. Uh, but that's the, my one, one, a hundred percent keep is Forsberg and Nick, uh, not Nick Paul. I think uh, the highest question asked or highest ask will be for Zach Sanford. I don't think it should be. I think you should be going for Nick Paul. Uh, but I think that Zach Sanford is the, uh, is the player that these people are going to go for. It is like, I'm thinking Boston would want him. He's got the big frame. He has Stanley cup pedigree. He's not going to cost more than a third at this point. He is going to be the player that will be traded to whoever wants, wants him. Yeah. I, I think that's, I, and it, it sounds like there's no like Sanford. I think he had an interview where he didn't really like living in Canada anyways. I think he wants to go back across the border. So there's yeah. been no talks of a contract either there too. So I, I do think that is like, if I had, even with Nick Paul, like it sounds like it's getting close to hundred percent, but there's still that hope that they might reach a deal. Right. Zach Sunday, Sanford, night, I, Sunday night, Nick Paul just calls his agent. It's like, look, I signed 2.5, like kind of, yeah. kind of thing that like, absolutely for Nick Paul. I can There's that. still that potential, but with Sanford, like a hundred percent, I think book it, he's gone. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see what they get for him. Cause obviously they flipped Logan Brown, who was a struggling prospect. Again, a guy could never stay healthy. And yep. it's not like Brown has excelled with St. Louis. He's been there. For, now it sounds like St. Louis wants to get him in the lineup when they can. They just can't really like, they got so much talent that they can't, but you know, it's Brown hasn't been lighting the score sheet by any means, but mm-hmm. it's not like, like Sanford's been a, fine body oh, like he's a he, I, 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 bl- I don't blame him for anything like there are no. times where i'm like i wish you looked a little bit more engaged or, or fancy but it's not like he's out there doing boneheaded plays or anything he's playing the third line second line role of a big body that stands in front of the net and pushes people out of the way completely fine yeah and, and like there's six more problems on the four core alone probably <laughs> than Zach Sanford, right so absolutely um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what they ask for him because I think mm-hmm. you said Boston. I think that's a great fit. Even Colorado, I think on Colorado's fourth line, he could add a bit of you know the grit or toughness or whatever. But but he can actually play hockey too, right? And he mm-hmm. banks and pucks home. And, and so yeah, I think he would be a fit for a, a lot of playoff teams, especially one looking for a little bit more bite and size. And you know, I do think it, it's a good point with Sanford. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the league narrative on him is because he's already done it. He's won the cup with St. Mm-hmm. Louis, right? And I think that is going to be the big differentiator between him and Nick Paul, where Nick Paul, he's great. Like, obviously, everyone in the room seems to love him. He's a, <laughs> and then I mean, like, just watching him, you can tell he's a character guy, but outside organizations don't always know that either, right? So I, I could see Sanford going for like a third round pick, maybe a, a fourth and a prospect of some kind, like a, a B or C level prospect. And I would kind of assume that's where. I think that's what Nick Paul might fetch as well. Like if I'm being honest, I, I think it'll be, I've seen some people throw it a second. 
Like yeah. maybe Kelly Yarnbrook did just go for a second, third, and a seventh <laughs> last night. So it's a Stellar's maybe. market. Yes, but uh, if if now, they got a third, I wouldn't be disappointed. But I, I I would personally rather sign Nick Paul. I don't know about you. It, obviously, it's got to be within realistic. I've I've said yeah. a couple times the max I would go with him is three three by three. Yeah. Um, maybe even like three point two eight or so, or two sorry two point eight by three or something like that. I wouldn't go over three years term, and I would not go over three mil. Like, so I'd it, give him an extra hundred thousand if it got it done. That would be yes. the only thing. Like we can fudge it a little bit, yeah. But if he's asking as reported, and who knows because of the way that our team sometimes plays the media, what's actually being reported. But if he is asking at the three point five level, which it kind of sounds like it might be the case, it. <sighs> It's frustrating because we've given those contracts to players already and we shouldn't have, and it sets a precedent and that's why he's probably asking for it, but you have to stop it at a certain point. I love Nick Paul. I think that he is one of the best personalities the senators have had probably in the last decade. And we've had some great personalities, but he is a, a lovable guy. He's fun to cheer for, and he's a good person. The only issue is does he want to maximize his value right now? He's having a career year when it comes to putting up points. I can't blame him if he wants to ride it out and sign in the off season. And if he goes on a playoff run and he does end up potting five, 10 goals or something. Well, okay. That's kind of crazy, but putting up some solid points on a playoff team, he could easily pull four, 4.2 in the off season. And in this industry, when you can be Matt Murray, win two cups and then never stay healthy again, you have to maximize your deals. And that's, go cheer for the players even if they can be greedy they they've worked a lot to get here and you can't blame them for trying to ask it the question though that i'm really curious about is the the return like you said it could be anything i really don't know like with nick paul what would you target because the one there's one team and one player in my mind for nick paul that i would go for you think think like a, a player in return well, I don't think that Dorian wants to do deals for picks. I think that it shows that. So I think it's never a bad idea. We have seen Ottawa Senators teams where we have no picks. And what end, ends up happening is Colin Greening has a good year and we love him and give him too much money because he's our prospect. But you need to have a good thing. But I think Dorian, if he's going for picks, it's signaling that he failed. it. And I think the biggest thing for, for Pierre is he doesn't want to look like he's failed. Yeah, that, that's definitely a fair point. Yeah. Uh, who, who's the team that he had in mind? So this one, it takes a little bit of finagling. Is, uh, I think he's a great fit on Florida. On a third line on Florida, he adds uh, a big dynamic kind of presence on a team that isn't traditionally as uh, Nick Paul friendly. So I'm trying to pull up their cat friendly really really quickly, but my computer is lagging. I got to look at the money. And the big player on Florida that I would go for is Owen Tippett. They have made it clear that he's not necessarily in their good books, which, you know, a red flag, but whatever. A player needs a restart every once in a while. And he's the kind of thing that I think you could do a, a Tippett for uh, for Paul, and maybe we throw in, I don't know, we got <laughs> they, want, they want some AHL depth. They can have Del Zotto, but that contract probably won't do anything. Uh, but something like that, I would even throw in a third rounder from Ottawa. So I would give up Nick Paul in a third for Owen Tippett. I think it fits with what we're trying to do is get some more of these kind of middle six players that can maybe outperform Nick Paul on the score sheet. It's just, it's hard to know how Florida values him because he was a highish draft pick. And he's had some chances. Yeah, exactly. It kind of does seem like he's in the bad because he's already 23 is the kind of crazy thing, which isn't like old or anything, but yeah, honestly, if I'm Ottawa and I'm doing that, I'm saying it's one for one. Maybe I'm oh, yeah. like sixth or seventh, but like I'm looking at that and be like, hey, like I get it. if you like this player so much, why is he 23 years old and he can't crack your crack your NHL roster full time right now? He does have 18 points in 12 NHL games or uh, AHL games, 14 yeah. and 42 NHL games this year. So it's not like like he has been up in the NHL, but yeah, uh, that's a great player um, to target. And I saw they. Um, what will be interesting is if this is even relevant by the time it comes out, but they're scratching him in the NHL this tonight because that might be a guy apparently that the Flyers want to look at for a Claude Giroux type deal. And, and uh, to, to me, that would be hilarious that it's like, because like I, I legitimately, like, I think that's a pretty, if it was say Nick Paul in a fifth or whatever, yeah. I, again, I don't even know if you need to add uh, too much there, but Nick Paul in a fifth throwing tip or something like that. A, a roster player like Paul who, 
Nick Paul does it all, baby. He's got that name for a reason. And it's uh, it's exactly what a playoff team wants. The only question is kind of like why Sanford might get highly valued is the covering he has. Mm-hmm. Nick Paul hasn't played in the playoffs. So yeah. who knows? But you look at his game. You know he's going to be lights out. You know he's going to be one of those weird players that it's going to be a triple overtime game. And Barkov, for some reason, can't pot like free breakaways. And Nick Paul floats one from like the hash marks. And it's just going to go through. That's the kind of player Nick Paul is. So... <laughs> He really reminds me of, like, discount John Gabriel Peugeot. Like, Absolutely. a lot of the same qualities where it's like, <laughs> he's not the best player in the world, but he just kind of gets it done, and he always seems to show up when you, like, really need a goal or whatever. And, again, I don't think that's really a tangible thing that you can uh, <laughs> estimate, but, like, with especially with Peugeot, it was like, anytime you need a goal, that dude was there. But, yeah, for, that would be a super interesting one. And I really wouldn't hate if they took a look at someone like that in that same age range of, like, 22 to 23 a prospect that has definitely clearly fallen out of favor with their team. And, and because I think you could probably get someone like on a value steal like that, because again, like people are going to say, that's crazy. Like Tippett was a 10th overall pick or whatever, but it's like, yes, he was a 10th overall pick six years ago and they have done nothing with him. Like, and is he going to be an active part of their playoff performance this year or next year for Florida? Probably not. He does not seem to be in their plans and when you have when you have a team built like the Florida Panthers with skill, like you're looking at people like Verhage, who is just lights out on a one million dollar contract. Like they are they are jam packed to the brim with skill on their team. These players like Owen Tippett, when they come up, they don't get the opportunity either. In Ottawa, he's probably going to be playing with Stutzla. He'll be he'll be having some power play time or he'll be giving a lot more chances to succeed. And that's where these players can kind of come and flourish. Now, he also might be a bust. He might be one of those players that his skill set is made for junior, made for people not as skilled as him. And he can just outplay and just never make it in the NHL. Uh, But I think it's worth the it's worth the crack. He is he is one of my my big uh, my my two big targets. I like how you have another one. Uh, We can. (laughs) Is is it is the other one related to Nick Paul or not? Uh well, if we have to package them, but no, it wouldn't. No, there's no chance that this team would go for a, a buy at the deadline. So okay, we'll, we'll get to yeah, the other we'll one back. in a second yeah. then. Um, Tyler Ennis is the other name. Uh, yeah. Do Do you think he gets moved or not? He's an interesting one. He's so much better than anyone thinks he is, and and that's my favorite part about Tyler Ennis is you just you watch him play and he's great, but then no one really gives him credit. Like he gets healthy scratch for like. Gambrell and these these other players so it's a little frustrating and then I guess he did play on Edmonton and he didn't really flourish with uh, all the skill they had there it's hard to know but why wouldn't you give up a sixth or a seventh for Tyler Ennis if you're if you're Minnesota or if you're I, I don't know if Tampa can make anything work in their uh, in their cap crunch uh, <laughs> is always the big thing even a couple million is pretty t- uh, tough for them to be adding at the deadline but someone like that where if you know what you have two early injuries in the first couple of rounds you're not getting screwed over by uh by a player so you have someone like tyler ennis who can jump in on the second line or play a third line third line role he's i think we say see him but it's going to be for something like a six something like a six or a seventh which is like okay I think it was a fifth couple of years ago when they flipped them to Edmonton. And I could see something yeah. very similar to that. And like, that's fine. Like I'm right with you. I've never understood the disconnect of like Tyler Ennis's results. And even just watching him, he looks like a good player out there. Like he, he's got <laughs> speed. He, he's got some flash too, but he's also like, he's not a liability defensively or anything like that. And yeah, like he's getting a healthy scratch for like Dylan Gambrell and like Austin Watson. It's like, yeah. I, like, I get it. He, you know, you, you've got certain roles you want to fill in this team, but Tyler Ennis can slide anywhere from your second to fourth line if you need him in a pinch. Like, so, it's, yeah. It's weird. It's I, I, weird. I don't, I don't get it at all. But I, I definitely think some team would be smart to pick him up, even if he becomes their 13th forward. Because, as you said, like, if, if Tyler Ennis is drawing in because your third-line right winger has a serious injury and is done for the yep. playoffs, you, you there's way worse options drawing the lineup than Tyler <laughs> Ennis, right? So, yeah. That, that's another one. I, I do think that that could be like a depth pick that we see uh, uh, moved. And then on the blue line, um, Josh I, Brown. I say I would be surprised if there's takers for Josh Brown, but we just saw a team in Florida give up a first plus for Ben Sherratt. So it's like, <laughs> honestly, like anything can happen here, right? Like, I feel like he's going to be one of those weird late day 
trade. So it's going to be something like Los, or yeah, LA is competing this year. Yeah. I uh, mm-hmm. just had to check it. Something like LA tried to make a play for someone who fell through the cracks on them. And then they're just like, Oh, what do we do? And they'll just like send a second for Brown. And yeah. it would just be like, yeah, we'd be dumb to say no. They're just going to panic and add for the sake of adding, even though it's definitely uh, more subtracting by addition at this point with uh, with Brown. But that's the way I see him moved. And these stupid big D have such a weird premium placed on them by NHL GMs that I don't think a second is out of the realm. It shouldn't be. We shouldn't be talking about uh, Tyler Ennis maybe getting a fifth or a sixth, but Josh Brown potentially going up for a second. But it is just the weird valuations that size and uh, size, size and weight get you in the, the NHL with some of these old old guard uh, GMs that still think they're going to win a cup with that kind of stuff. And just being right-handed too. On top of that, yeah. it's like I. It's like we've seen guys play on their off hand and be totally fine. But yeah, like it's. I would take if someone offered a seventh and I'm Ottawa, I would take it. I don't know if Ottawa would, but like I could also, I I could see the LA thing or like a team that like loses out on their first three options. Oh shoot. We need someone. I could also see a team like um, Dallas or Nashville doing like a, the soft buy thing where it's like, they're, they're kind of in a playoff spot and they don't really want to spend assets. And they're like, here's a fifth round pick for Josh Brown. And it's like, I I could absolutely see something like that, but like, as bad as it sounds, I could see Ottawa being like, ah, nah, he's not worth, like, we, we need more than the fifth for him, so we're just going to hold on to him instead, and it wouldn't Which shock me. It's so dumb. It's oh, so dumb. Yeah. We have JBD, and, well, I think Thompson is injured right now, but... Yeah, he just got have, hurt, but... Yeah, like everyone, but Thompson, yeah. or when you have JBD and Thompson sitting in the AHL and you're playing Josh Brown and you're, you're overvaluing it, it's nuts. In a, in a season where you're losing everything, just let him play. Just let him play out for for, for goodness sakes, come yeah, on. So I, I couldn't agree more. So I, I do hope they move them. I would probably, <laughs> yeah, I'd place it like 50-50 maybe, yeah. somewhere around there. Like I, I don't really feel passionate one way or the other that he will or won't move. But other than that, like do you see any surprise moves being made? I I was I, thinking Brandstrom was going to be a package. I th- I was thinking that, but with Shabbat out, I think that they're not going to move him at this point. Uh, at least maybe in the off season, but we need a puck moving defenseman. If, when you look at our, when you look at our decor and you think about anyone passing a puck that isn't named Brandstrom, you get a little bit worried. Uh, but I was thinking he was going to be a part of some package and I'll, I'll talk about my, my theoretical move featuring uh, Brandstrom after this one. But outside of that, maybe Colin White, I don't yeah, see how anyone absorbs a, this contract, but that's yeah. the only other one that I could see is like a like a white for DeBrusque with salary retained. And I don't like the idea of that because that's going to make DeBrusque like a 6.8 if you think about it. But it would be one of those things where Pierre just wants to move on from a contract. And I think that's a summer move. Like, yeah. Because I even yeah. saw talk about like trying to get out of the Zaitsev contract or something. It's like teams just don't have the cap space for that. A, if they, like, I don't think you're going to find a suitor for Zaitsev. White, I think <laughs> is much more likely, but, mm-hmm. but like teams just don't really have the cap space for that right now. So yeah, unless you're taking a good chunk of money back somehow or retaining a solid amount, which yeah. I wouldn't really want to do on White either if I don't have to, especially with how cheap his buyout is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thing. like I, I think those are summer moves. Like, the only other name I could see really getting moved is like an Adam Gaudet, maybe if, if, you know, so like if he's boosted his value yeah. enough and again, even like as a surprise move, that's a, that's a pretty boring surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think it'll be a relatively quiet deadline. I think they'll probably sell two or three of the pieces we kind of expect them to. And yeah. from there on, just get, you know, stay pat. Um, I guess the only other one I had a question on, do you think anyone will bite on Del Sato? I do. I actually, yeah. Thank you for bringing this up. I think it's crazy that we aren't talking about him being moved. He is someone who's cleared waivers. So it'd be an AHL. We, he wouldn't have to re-enter waivers after a trade, right? I don't know all no, these I don't rules, think I, so. I can't, I can't remember this happening. Dude is pot crazy amount of points in the AHL. He is clearly too good for that league. And in the playoffs, if you're planning on going deep, you need defense to, to keep going and and he makes the perfect sense for like I don't know I, I the top eight teams in either or in in the league I don't see how they're not trading for him leaving him the AHL and just calling him up as needed because the cap won't matter 
when it's there. They can buy them out at the end of the year for whatever amount of money or if they if they can make that work or they can just bury them back in the minors and just absorb that cost. He seems like the absolute prototypical seventh or eighth defenseman for a team on a win. Luke Shen won a cup. Luke friggin' Shen won a cup in this role. And I think Delzato is probably better than him. Probably. I don't want to commit to that, but. <laughs> yeah, this is one where I think, like, I don't know if Ottawa will be willing to, but if they wanted to retain, I think they could make this move very mm-hmm. easily. Like if you retain even 700 K on this contract, Delzato at 1.3 or whatever, I think the variable limit is like 1.2 maybe. So like whatever that variable limit is, if you get his cap hit down to that, so the team doesn't even have to eat anything when they bury him. Even I think, though it's only like 800K, but yeah, yeah like exactly, right? teams need it. Yeah. yeah. So I think you could really find like a bunch of suitors, just as you said, and, and you could either, you know, like right now, I don't think you get much more in a seventh, but if you eat some cap on Michael Delzato, suddenly that becomes a guy that is not just a guy who signed for next year, but instead it's like, oh yeah, this is your seventh defenseman. He is fully variable if you need him to be. So we want actually like a fifth or something like that. Yeah, like, exactly. Very marginal upgrade. But like, if you can you eat 700K it. of cap, you do it to get that at marginal. And upgrade. it saves Ottawa actual money money, which, you know, that talks for Ottawa. Also, I want him to win a cup because it would be hilarious. And that is what I'm pulling for at this point. Like, I just want funny storylines around sense players to keep happening. So if he got sent to like, I don't know, who's... Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If he's if he's their Luke Shen, and we get to watch Michael Dell friggin' Zotto skate around holding the cup up, like mm, chef's kiss. It's art. It's art right there. Yeah, I I don't know if he'll move. I I think it's. Yeah. I wouldn't it's be surprised if he if he doesn't move. He will definitely be the one guy where it's like, oh, talks went right down to the wire, but maybe <laughs> moving Michael Del Zotto. It's like, well. This league is awesome. <laughs> but, the uh, only thing that I could see the Sens not want there is just it seems like he's been so good for Belleville. And Belleville is shaping up for a uh, Calder run. And we know how much the uh, the organization loves the idea of uh, of learning how to win in the AHL and being brought up uh, in the NHL. So I could see them maybe hesitating to move Delzato just because he has been a staple for their uh, their offensive blue line. But come on, we need it. <laughs> yeah, I also think it could get pretty toxic pretty quick. If Delzato heard he could have been moved and the yeah. Sens decided not to, so he can be a mentor on the farm system. Like he's <laughs> he's done a relatively good job, like for how mad it sounds like he is, and rightfully so. Like he's an NHL yeah. level defenseman. As much as he didn't have any place on this team, the fit didn't make any sense, but he is and we signed a, him for two a, years. Yes, like, like you that, don't you don't sign a player for two years for two mil each to uh be the fourth best player on your left side, right? Like, yeah, exactly. But, like it did. None of it made sense. No, but, but he's for also some team, an, an interesting fella, so I could also see why that happened. For some team, he's probably a sixth defenseman, maybe a seventh, but you know, a seventh for a lot, but probably sixth for a couple as well. So I get why he's mad, but yeah, like I think if they if it got out that a deal was on the table and they said no strictly so they could keep him in for a playoff run in Belleville, I could see how that would, uh, tensions might flare up a little. Him um, and Jack Capuano can both be moved to, uh, to Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's get to your other big deal then. I, I'm then very okay. curious to hear this because you've been teasing it, uh, for the, the past uh, couple of days. I have been hinting at it. I think, I think that there is a deal in place that would solve major issues on two Canadian teams that have both been struggling to get back to the level they want, which obviously I'm talking about Ottawa. And the other one is Vancouver. Vancouver is in this weird, weird space where they are so cap strapped and their team is so bad that they have had to give up Markstrom who lights out goalie now, though they've got Demko. So balance there, but they're now having to think about, can we even keep paying JT Miller who clearly loves playing in Vancouver uh, but he's gonna he's gonna be in line for what he's five million next year, and then he's gonna be you give him at least another five. I give him a healthy upgrade to like six point five. He, he probably demands seven or eight on an open market. Yeah, th- yeah, exactly, exactly. But maybe he'll take a hometown. Well, not a hometown discount, but a little discount. He, after being kind of screwed around by both the Rangers and Tampa, I think he loves being in a place where he's loved maybe you can convince them 6.8 or something like that for three or four years, but they're, I don't see how they do it with their, their current lineup and with some other young players coming up. And they're also a team that 
is built wrong. Like if you watch Boudreaux's style, he wants back end moving defense that are going to be transitioning the game where they have Quinn Hughes, who might be top five in the league at that. But then after that, you got Oliver Ekman Larson, who used to be that, but he is a shell of his former self. And then you drop all the way down to Tyler Myers and Travis Hamonic, who we know who they are. So I think Ottawa and Vancouver have a deal that they can make. And the big thing here is Brock Besser. I think Brock Besser is the number one player, Ottawa. If we've heard him be rumored on the market for a year now, he's an RFA who's going to be demanding 6.57 at, at, at the end of this. They're going to have, they're going to struggle on, on this season and, or to sign him on this, but he is, you put him on your second line with Ottawa and we've got a lethal top six. And then we can even talk about Claude Giroux, maybe wanting to come home. And then you've got, you've got an insane top six here for a very kind of manageable cap. Uh, we'll have to make our sacrifices on our fourth line, but I think we as a team know that our fourth line will never be good. So uh, they've been doing that anyways. I don't think yeah, it's it, like 2017, our fourth line was pretty hilarious. In 2007, I think our fourth line was hilarious. We have won some games with some pretty bad fourth lines. So I would target, and this it, I like this player. I, I, I really do like this Ottawa Senators player. Uh a bunch, but I don't think that he has the future in Ottawa, and I think he needs a restart, and that's Branny, which he has been a, a contentious topic for a lot. I think he's made great strides. He's regressed a little bit in the last month. He's an offensive defenseman on Ottawa who has five points, and that's the biggest concern I have with him, and I think our system doesn't play to his strengths. I think that for some reason, the coaching staff don't really want him to play his own style, and I don't know if he's ever going to overcome that. So, Brandstrom, which I do think Ottawa Senators fans overvalue because we have to. Otherwise, we have nothing to show for Mark Stone. I miss him. Brandstrom, I would go, and then I would do a, a, an eat for for someone on Vancouver. And that's this is where things get really tricky for Ottawa. We don't eat bad cap, and that's that's where I'm I'm kind of overpunching. So. Besser for Brandstrom are the big ones. And then I take a look at Tyler Myers, who is obviously the number one glaring issue on their, on their D. He is the worst D. Well, Oliver Ekman Larson, he signed until what? 26, 27 at seven mil. We're not, not touching that. Yeah, he's not worth gonna... any of that. So that's, yeah. that's a whole different thing. Uh, but Tyler Myers is the player. He's what? Two years after this, I would see what it would take to get, to get uh, Besser with a Brandstrom as a return and Tyler Myers coming back as a salary for us, for them. Now, the big thing is he has a no trade clause, but let's just pretend that doesn't exist because maybe he likes the idea of an up and coming Senators team and he'll wave it. Not likely, but, but we can, we can maybe play around with that. I don't love Tyler Myers. I think that he is not really an upgrade on our Josh Brown and Zaitsev kind of situation that we have in, but I also don't think he's, unplayable he's got a skill set it's not a great one but i do think that like a, a team can play around a big dumb defenseman on the third pairing i will upgrade this one more his no okay. trade clause doesn't kick in until july 1st oh so baby this... i didn't even know that let's go so you make this deal before <laughs> the first day of free agency and you don't even have to worry about that Oh, um, sorry, Tyler. Enjoy, uh, <laughs> enjoy sunny Orleans. That's, uh, that's your future. Uh, I, I don't know be... though. Does that get it done? That's the biggest thing that I I'm going here is Vancouver. Would Vancouver say yes to, to this kind of deal? Uh... It's a negative 15 million for them on their payroll, basically. Well, a little less, but like, se- let's, let's assume Besser's seven mil, 7.5. 6 million right there. That's 13 million there. That gives them so much room to sign JT Miller, sign some, some other young players, like actually make a push for things. Maybe they ask for either a second or a third from Ottawa. They have multiple this year. I can see a pick being thrown in as well. I don't, I don't think it's far off. The other thing I'll say too, and, and there's a couple of things that acquiring Tyler Myers, I do think he's an upgrade over Zaitsev. Zaitsev is, <laughs> I'm at the point where I genuinely do not think Zaitsev is an NHL level player. Tyler Myers is a, 
if he was used properly in a third pair role, he would be a fine NHL player that just makes way too much. What money. I always think about for Tyler Myers is kind of like our old Boro, where when Boro was playing for uh, Paul McClain, he was going crazy, hitting, pushing, trying to start whatever he could because he was told to be the energy one. And then Dave Cam or not Dave Cameron, Guy Boucher came in and said, dude, you're not good at this. What you're great at is when someone's crossing in the neutral zone, you go to hit them and you force a pass. And I think you can do that exact same thing with Tyler Myers and say, hey, stop pinching. Stop trying to score like you did in your junior days. This isn't you in the NHL. If you can play a game where you are just a pass on the on the D or you're a boxing someone out on the hash marks, you're you're a serviceable defenseman. Not six million, more like two point five, but whatever. Bad contracts are everywhere. What was Benning? Uh, yeah, what was Jim Benning thinking when it that came? Guy that guy was deal? on a bender. <laughs> is that, even better is they let him do that OEL deal. Take that money yeah. on, on purpose and then go. All right, a month later, you're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Oh. They gave up their first for it too. The ninth overall pick. Yeah. it's Dylan Which, Gunther who looks like amazing. Which is absolutely why I think Ottawa picked uh, Boucher was because we were banking on this. I think they had probably some knowledge about how things were going to shake out and they were going to pick Gunther. And then they freaked out because of this weird nonsense deal. And we lost it there. And we just went, okay, who kind of fills the same role? Oh, okay, here we go. Another winger. Let's make this work. Yeah, I, I that I'm the less we talk about that draft, that I. <laughs> I get in trouble when I start talking about the draft, but um, yeah, like this is we a, got another like, one coming up, baby. Don't oh, forget, yeah. and <laughs> it's time to start scouting the top of the draft as well. Um, <laughs> no, this isn't. It's a very interesting proposition. I, again, I'm biased because I, you know, I've I want to see Branstrom succeed, yeah. and I, I think I would <laughs> probably say Ottawa has to add something definitely for the Branstrom for still a little bit. My only other concern for Ottawa too is, you know, we like we're sitting here saying, "Oh, Tyler Myers, if you use him in a third pair role, that'd be fine." Well, we've said that about Nikita Zaitsev for three years, and he has not been used in a third pair role, right? Uh, so, in, in my brain vacuum of this kind of deal, we are making the best decisions rather than the worst decisions after the trade. But yeah, but, no, he would but, absolutely be paired with friggin' Shabbat. Yeah, but the fact of the matter does remain. Like, I think. A, if you do make this deal, you it is also circumstantial that you're doing whatever it takes to move Zaitsev this year, whether that's a buyout, whether you find a trade partner for him, whether you bury him in the minors and hope he goes, <laughs> screw this, I'm going back to the KHL. Yeah. I don't know what you do, but like if you made this deal, it would definitely have to hinge on him going back. But like genuinely there's options we we yeah. got rid of dion finuth like that's a, that's a thing to always remember and i like dion but he was a uh, he had a contract that was pretty wacky and we managed to find a suitor for dion finuth so there is for there's a way that, to make it work yeah and, and like to be honest like ottawa didn't really have to pay for that like they got gabrick and they ended up just ltir in them so it was perfect one of, one yeah. of the better deals I think the deal for this probably about like with Vancouver is it probably depends on two things. One, how much does this new uh, management group value Tyler Myers? Because if they still see him as a potential top four guy, I don't think this gets it done. And again, I don't see why you would value Tyler Myers like that, but it's hockey brain. Like the Vancouver Canucks were not the only one who wanted to hand Tyler Myers six by six or five by five. Right. So, um, (laughs) So that's the first biggest question. And then the other biggest question is how desperate are they for cap space to resign Brock Besser? Because I think it'll ultimately come down to what Brock Besser is asking for. If he's asking for 6.5, that is only a 750 K upgrade on what he's making now. Now that's 750 K they really don't have right now, but there are other ways to try and find that, right? Like for example, if this wasn't a deal they were interested in doing, I could see a team like, it would be beneficial for a team like Ottawa if they want to upgrade their right side and they're committed to getting rid of Zaitsev and Josh Brown. Yeah. Take a pick from Vancouver to eat Hamannick's salary for one more Easy. year. There's worse players yeah. you could have, right? Oh, um, yeah. So, so that's a way too, right? Where it, it, it kind of depends how much he's asking for, how desperate they are. Mm-hmm. But for a completely outside of the box trade, I, I really don't mind yeah. it. I'd be, I, I know you put the poll up. I didn't see the results, but I'd be curious to see what people would think of a bringing in a Tyler Myers type with a Brock Besser. Cause it would absolutely make your top six set basically for, you know, the next coming years. Yeah. 
Well, everyone, yeah, everyone responded to that tweet being like, as long as we're moving Zaitsev, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which and, I agree. I don't think the sense will, and that would be the scariest part. I'm torn on that idea there, but I, I'm in love with Besser's game. I and think him, it, him oh, or Fiala so would well. be the perfect fit on, on that perfect. second right, right yeah. wing spot. Like it would just either one of them, if they can get them this summer, and even if you got to pay overpay by like a million or whatever. Like That's if, fine. if Besser's making 7.5, sure. He's probably not quite worth that, but I don't care. Like I, yeah. I like this team's not going to be capped out anytime soon because they just don't spend like that anyway. So I would rather overpay a million than spend $2 million on Michael Delzato, you know, like. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just checking the only thing that could set this, you know what? Not even too bad. I was just about to say, is there any signing bonuses on Tyler Myers? But his last <laughs> signing bonus, oh, he, he does have a $5 million signing bonus in 23-24. So that would uh, be the only thing I could see holding them back. Yeah, fine. Well, but we've, we've done some weird backloaded contracts. So I think it's a, a, we'll think about this when we need to and figure out how to not bounce this check. Yeah, that's that actually is, a good point. I didn't even think of that. That is also true. That that could be the 23-24 summer being like, hey, does anyone want this guy? We'll give you a pick for it. Like, yep. Yeah. No, it, it is a super interesting, at least in theory, trade. I, I'd be, honestly, I'd be curious to get like a Vancouver's fan perspective yeah. on it too, because well, it's like. What gets me is just how bad their defense is built for their game. Oh, like if, when, when Hughes is on the ice with Patterson, it is, it is lights out because they will just hold the puck forever. You cannot outpossess that team. But after that, it falls off so bad. So the idea of the Brandstrom being able to play his more flighty, his more uh, puck driven, stick driven game on the second pairing there, it just makes a lot of sense. My favorite thing with, so Patterson obviously struggled to start this year. My favorite yeah. thing was like, People are like, oh, he's broken. He's broken. You just look at the time on ice with the defenseman. He didn't play at all with Ken Hughes, and he had just Tyler Myers just tossing him the puck the entire time. It's like, well, what, what is this guy supposed to do when he's the one who has to go all the way back into his own end to create the uh, offense? You know, Every single time. It reminds it's, me of Shabbat, where when people will complain about Shabbat, it's like, he's playing 30 minutes. He's the only one who can do this. Don't blame him anything. Yeah, and anything. honestly... That's a, that's a fun transition. One of the last topics I want to yeah. add on. It comes out, Chabot broke his hand against the Blue Jackets. Probably very, very likely done for the year. Um, I'm curious to see what they do to replace his minutes. Uh, I Obviously, I think I think your point about Branch from not moving now at the deadline is probably a pretty good one. I think they wait for the summer to try and do something there. Uh, I think Victor Mete probably slides back in for a couple games, but what Which, this really... he's also an interesting one though for the trade because his agent's been lobbying so mm-hmm. we could see a we could see a mid-round pick for for mete yeah i just i don't know what the market would be like for him like he went through like he was on waivers last year and yeah. granted ottawa had like a top five pick at waivers when he was claimed so i don't know how many other teams would have claimed them but like He's sucked this year. As much I really want to see him do good too. And last year too, in the last couple of months, it was oh my god! It, it made me it made me so happy. I thought we were going to be this kind of amazing decor this year that was all puck possession and and passing. And no, both Branny and Mete kind of came out and really struggled to get their game. Brandstrom turned it around. His January was it made me a believer. Because before I was like, nah, he's never going to be what he wants to be. I think he will be a great defenseman in this league. He just needs the opportunity and he needs the time to get there. Mete, I don't think he's going to be anything. And it, he, I, it sucks to say that. He's a seventh defenseman. Like, yeah. it just, that's what he is. And so, yeah, I, I don't know what the market will be like, but I think he'll step in for now. Mm-hmm. But this, this really opens up. You know, we knew he was coming anyways. Jake Sanderson, oh, there on, Jake. is a slot on the left side for you. <laughs> and you, like, I feel like, I, I don't know, I'm not actually going to cheer against North Dakota, but the sooner their season ends, the better, because <laughs> I want to see him in an Ottawa Senators uniform the very first second oh, we yeah. possibly can. Absolutely. But he's noticing a hand injury too now, but it doesn't seem to be as as bad, and it's more almost precautionary that they're sitting him when you're when you're no DAC and you're like the only good they're just getting ready kinda. for the tournament, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Let him sit, be a hundred percent for the actual pressure push for the cup. But yeah, it is. If he can play the last ten games for Ottawa, I don't know if that timeline is gonna gonna work. And he's able to showcase his skills. There's not a better time. A zero pressure season where the guy that basically 
you are like he's he's a different player than Shabbat, but watching him in Nodak and the way that he can keep a puck on a string and and play like that, he can absolutely walk into that uh, top D pairing on the on the power play. He can walk into uh, the top pairing with uh, well, hopefully not Zaitsev, but you put him with Zub, and uh, they're going to look great. He will not have a better opportunity. Yeah, and like he will be playing with Ottawa as well as his, his hands okay, but yeah. the Frozen Four ends on April 9th, so the, and the latest he can be playing is April 9th. I'm not so sure they're going to make it to the Frozen Four. Like That's not a given by any means. But uh, Michigan you know, looks very strong. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So, But let's just, like, let's even say conservatively, he's out by April 7th, April 8th, yeah. right there. So Ottawa plays the 7th and the 9th. He won't be there for that. Um, if he's out the 6th or 7th or something, he might be able to make the April 10th game. But yeah. I think a more realistic one is probably April 12th. That is the day I could see him debuting against the Detroit Red Wings. It's not like you're playing a world beating team or anything <laughs> like that, right? Um, so you play April 12th would give him two, four, six, eight, ten 10 games on the dot yeah. to, to finish the season. And Again, I don't even care. It's just about getting his feet wet. He doesn't need to jump up in a first pair platform right away, but just getting that NHL experience would be awesome. And quite frankly, it gives the sense fan something to tune in for as well, because Jesus, I can't remember who tweeted it today, but it was like, you feel bad for the fans because generally when a team is this bad at the end of the year, you go, well, after the trade deadline, we're going to bring a bunch of rookies up and stuff like that. Well, Ottawa's young core is all either hurts or already been called up. So there's not a lot of people to get excited for coming up after you trade your bad players away, other than Jake Sanderson, whenever his, his season ends. Right. So that, that is like the lone thing I think people are going to have to look forward to here. And I'm personally very excited for it as well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know when it'll come, but he'll definitely be getting a couple. I want to see JBD. I want to see JBD too. That's that's the I, I'd love to I'd... see. I don't. I don't know if we'll bring him up, but even Sokolov, I'd love to see him yeah. in a year. Like get yeah. get another chance up here in the big team. So um, yeah, absolutely. I, as I've said a couple times, like if there's anyone you think is even close, I'd much rather see them play than Gambrell. a 33 year old. Yeah, like no offense <laughs> to Dylan Gambrell, he did what he was needed to when the team had COVID, but he's just he hasn't not an been NHL terrible. Player. But he hasn't he's... even been terrible for us. But it's just he is the it's so hard to be any sort of emotion to. It's like, Literally, okay, it's, I get it. Okay, you, thank you. You know he's not a part of this team probably next year, but if he's next year, he's your 14th forward or 13th forward, right? Like, so yeah, it's like, exactly. Yeah. at this point, it's just one of those things where it's like, just give your young guys the chance. Let's see what you got to end this year. And just try and, oh, I don't know. Are you team tank or are you trying to salvage a bad situation? I'm stuck on what to root for right now. It's both. I want the better pick, but at the same time, like... I hearing Josh and Brady's comments after uh, was it the Arizona game? Yeah. The Arizona game where they sounded so defeated. It's like, I want them to be able to put up a whole bunch. And I don't think we're climbing out a, a bottom seven pick at this no, point. I, I don't like think so best case scenario for that. So we're not going to be getting like, it's not like we're going to fall. Like it's not going to be like that Anderson season where we fell from first overall to like 11th overall or ninth overall. I can't remember whatever we bungled the pick anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, so it's more that I'm, I want things to cheer for, but I don't want us to do super good. So let's have a couple of big character wins. Let's not try and over punch and kind of like go too hard, but let's just have some character games. So I'm answering neither team tank or salvage. I just want a little smattering of both. I'm just doing the math quick and like yeah. I think realistically the the low lowest they're gonna pick is seventh. Seattle's yeah. got 42 points in 62 games. The Coyotes <laughs> at 44 and 60. Ottawa is sitting at 47 and 60. So those two teams are like you're ahead of them already. But um, excuse me, sorry. If they have a poor end, they could catch them. But if Ottawa just plays 500, they're probably fine as well. Then the teams, you know, Montreal's got 40 and 60. I don't think Montreal's passing Ottawa. I really like. It would have to like Anton Forsberg would have to forget how to play goalie. I think completely which, forget. at the which, start of the year, all yes. three of our goalies literally forgot the fundamentals. I'm not saying it's impossible. But... I'm just saying I'm not sure it's going to happen. But then, it, oh, it, and Montre- Montreal is is also on that post coach bliss. Like that's also what they're rocking with right now. It's not sustainable. 
No, and they're like playing pretty free, but like they just seven points is a lot in 22 games. But then, so it just depends. It comes down to are they going to pass Buffalo, who they're one point behind, same game play? <laughs> uh, are they going to pass the Devils, who they're two points behind? Devils have, uh, or sorry, Ottawa has a game in hand on the Devils, and they're tied with Philly right now. Yeah. Um, and, and Philly has one game hand game in hand on Ottawa. So there's four or five teams that are kind of jockeying positions. I think lowest they could go is probably second last, to be honest. Like if they, <laughs> if they just play like a little, like under 500 hockey or whatever, and like Arizona's been on a weird heater yeah. lately. What the but, hell? Yeah, I know. But like, like, and it looks even, so good. Like they look like such an offensive it's, it's not like one of those, well, not that game where they only got 15 shots on us, but the other one where we got wrecked by them, like they're setting up in zones and just like, they look like Tampa. Like well, it the is following, they, they, they've got four goals on Montreal in like 16 minutes. It's like, yeah. what on earth? And they put up a bunch against uh, Toronto too. Like yeah. they're doing it against every team. It's yeah. weird. I don't well, like yeah. it. So I don't know. Like I, I could definitely see, I just, I don't see Ottawa falling behind Montreal. I think probably one of Arizona or Seattle, you probably stay at as well. Very easily could be both. And then again, the other side of the spectrum is if Ottawa plays 700 hockey to end the year, I think they're probably in about seven and yeah. the seventh overall pick is a good place to be but i'm, I'm um, fine with that we can get a oh no i forgot the name of the guy that i've decided to be incredibly all in <laughs> on even though i haven't done the research it's the hard jugar i forget how, i don't want to butcher it uh nhl draft rankings quick he's he's projected for like two, fifth fifth to eighth from what i've seen what's his name where yeah where yeah Juraj Slavkovsky, the uh, he's a giant, highly skilled with his hands, uh, hands player <laughs> out of the Liga. So it's going to be a weird one. And I want I, I am. I really want to see them draft. Uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name all of a sudden? Simon Nemec <laughs> from Slovakia. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I say this yeah. as someone who also doesn't like that. Don't take my word on prospects. I just try and read from other people or whatever. But what I watched from Nemec at the World Juniors, I really liked. So I was like, but yeah. honestly, I think there's a lot of guys at the top of this draft that I, it's, it's strong. Yeah. I keep going back and forth of like, it is a good draft to probably be falling late in the year and get your shot. You know, like you get a shot at Shane Wright, but Joachim Kemmel, I believe his name is, he's supposed to be pretty good. Logan yeah. Cooley looks really good. Um, Brad Lambert is another guy. Matthew Sav- uh, Savoy, I believe his name is. Uh, a lot is of no one. misses. A lot yeah, of no exactly. misses is like, like the top five. So if you do luck out and win a lottery there, it doesn't matter if you're not one, you're still you're exactly. Still okay. And even be at like seven, there's like Connor Geeky, I think will be yeah. around. Like there's a lot of names too. But <laughs> then the other side of me goes, well, this is the fifth year of being just absolutely pathetically bad. <laughs> like we, we've tough. got to turn it around at some point. It's, so it's tough. Like yeah. I would love if we basically win out like finish like 13th and win the draft lottery like that like the time that edmonton the won Ra- uh, the new york rangers strategy basically oh friggin <laughs> it's really easy to rebuild when one of the best players in the league it's like ah, i just want to come play for you i don't care if you're good right now and the other one of the best prospects and adam fox goes yeah i'm yeah. only going to your team by the way <laughs> he doesn't get enough hate for that like this is like people people should be harping on him with all the like Tavares snake stuff. Like this guy, get this out of here! He did two it two organizations exactly. Get out! But yeah. he's so freaking good. Yeah, no, I, I used to say, yeah, you you. I could talk for hours about how overrated I think the the Rangers rebuild has been. But yeah. uh, that, that's a great place to wrap it up, man. Uh, plug some oh. stuff. Where can people find you? Uh, uh, you can. Un- you can find me yelling on Twitter about either hockey or just me retweeting my old names from about eight years ago. They're equally as good at Matt Bosty. Uh, I got to give a shout out to, I've updated the only good Leafs fan. It's now Yano for sure, which is Liz. Uh, she's a good Leafs fan. There can only ever be one good Leafs fan at any time. So until she does something problematic, she is the, uh, she is the Matt Bosty decreed uh, only good Leafs fan. There we go. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining me, man. It was a blast as always, and I'll have to have you down, on down the road again. Absolutely. Thank you so much to Matt for joining me. As always, is an absolute blast recording with him. Uh, I mentioned, I think, already on the podcast, but he's definitely the most frequent guest, and and I think that's for a reason. It's, it's always a great time, um, just with a nice mix of talking hockey, but also, you know, uh, reminding everyone that uh, hockey is supposed to be fun, and, and even when the team's not very good, uh, that that's the goal. So 
uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed. Uh, thank you all for listening, as always. Um, again, try and get back to everyone next week with a post-trade deadline analysis and kind of where this team's going. And just uh, probably a lot of talk about what they did, you know, compared to what we kind of talked about here. Was there any big moves, surprising moves? Um, so I'm still trying to figure out who the guests for that will be. But once I uh, figure it out, I'll be sure to announce it. As always, you can find me on Twitter for that announcement at last word on sends or at NHL Sends and stuff. Uh, you can also find all my work at lastwordonhockey.com. We're putting out a ton of trade deadline stuff. Uh, it's been huge over the past week, so if you want to go check all that stuff out, I really encourage it. It's uh, great stuff going on over there. So, um, yeah, as always, thank you everyone so much for listening, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye.